Myrtle Beach, Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, Beach, Myrtle Beach. I know you want to kill her. Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Oh. <laughs> oh, can we cuss? I forgot. Air yes, oh, yeah. can. When I get there, <laughs> I hope we can cuss. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the internet. This is Rachel. Hey, this is Spencer. And this is Neon Boots, the 90s country music podcast. And this is take two because Spencer <laughs> and didn't hit record the first time. But it's cool because we have two awesome guests that are fine with re-recording everything that we just did. First is Lydia Loveless, who is a fantastic musician. And also Mike Casey, who is a freakily scary magician. Not a musician. That gets all magician. We got to switch switch those letters around. So I know that Spencer and Mike have had a lot of interesting conversations around '90s country music that I'm really excited to hear about today. Yeah, basically just been talking a lot of shit about '90s country, which is great to do. Which is what we do on this podcast. So So now we can record it. Yeah, for everyone else to listen to our shit talk. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. I, I think I turn on songs now and just go, what the hell is this guy thinking? <laughs> what was he thinking? Mm-hmm. I don't, it's still on the radio, though. Yeah. So they did something right. And there's a, we've got a whole damn podcast devoted to it. <laughs> exactly. So. Okay, so Lydia, tell us a little bit about your relationship with 90s country music, how you got into it. Does it yeah. inspire you as a musician or anything like that? Yeah, it inspires me uh because it's, some of it's so ridiculous once you realize that uh, you can really do whatever you want. But, um, <laughs> no, when I was a kid, like, all my friends watched, you know, CMT and listened to a lot of old country that I didn't... Well, I wasn't really old then, but um, older that, like, I, I definitely wouldn't have heard in my household. So mm-hmm. a lot of it is just nostalgic for me in that sense. And, like, we would have slumber parties and, like, watch really corny videos in the morning yeah so it's like a soft spot in the heart good ones cmt and you grew up in rural ohio ohio right? yeah because shawkton is that how you say it shawkton <laughs> so was i guess i know that you said that you didn't really listen to it that much yourself or, or at home but i feel like it was so ingrained and in a part of like my childhood but I grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. So was it, did it seem like a big deal and you just weren't in on that? Or did it just kind of bleed in with all other types of music that people, the kids were listening mm-hmm. to? I think I thought it was like corny because it just wasn't something that my family would have participated in. Mm-hmm. And like, so it was kind of like a, a guilty pleasure, which now I'm, I'm pretty openly into it. <laughs> when I was a kid, it was like, oh, because my family was like super into like folk and, and old rock and roll and like, little snobbier than like listening to Leanne Rhymes, but yeah. it was something that just I enjoyed because it was really corny and mm-hmm. and you know, all those sappy love songs and songs about getting drunk in a truck or whatever that <laughs> wasn't really part of my at home culture <laughs> when I was out and about. Yeah. Yeah. Party at the Bonheart Park. <laughs> that's a is that a real song? Because it should be. No, but that's what we it should do. be. With red solo cups. That is definitely a song. Not a 90s 90s country song. But that's Toby Keith, which we're going to talk about him in a little bit. All right, Mike, tell us about your 90s country experience in Um, life. I had a very similar upbringing to Lydia in that, like, my family, or my dad specifically, like, was a big Neil Young, Bob Dylan kind of rock and roll prog rocky mm-hmm. bullshit kind of stuff and that's kind of what I was growing up uh, not that prog rock's bullshit it's Meredith's it but <laughs> I'm not a fan but um, and then uh, I would listen to like punk rock and like this kind of stuff and then I would go spend like every year since I was like seven I spent all the summers uh, right outside of Myrtle Beach in a town called Conway South Carolina right off of 378 which goes directly to Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. And uh, me and my cousins would listen to the country because that's all there was to listen to around there. So right. I, I had uh, like late 80s all the way into the 90s uh, country upbringing uh, just for the summertime. summertime. So it's uh, my summertime music, you know, <laughs> watermelon crawl, all these things. So like uh, th- those were things that were kind of imbibed in my uh, teenage youth culture mm-hmm. of my summers. And 90s country does give way to like good summer songs. Yeah. Yes. I think so. Like you know, it's definitely drive around with the windows down type of music that is great for Myrtle Beach. Cruise, oh, cruising on the strip and shit Cruise like on that. The strip. Yeah. <laughs> except the one you picked Senior is not one. the Toby Keith song or whichever <laughs> one you picked. Pick the Toby Keith one. 
Who knows? Windows I say cruise okay. around, windows down. That's like oh, yeah, but that's for stalking. <laughs> yeah. You want to have windows rolled up so that no one that's hears like you approaching. Yep. Blacked out lowriders, like 1990s, you know? But yeah, like the was, hot remixes of. Uh, Sorry, since you didn't get to tell Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, my hot remixes of 90s country, I forgot. Uh, so my cousin, we would record those songs off the radio like you do yes. when you're a fucking teenager. And you record the songs off the radio, and I would remix them so that we would play through when the chorus and, and different parts of the song would come in, like... The one specifically I remember was Rodeo by Garth Brooks. I would like stop the tape from recording and then rewind it a little bit and mm-hmm. just get back to the rodeo and then rewind <laughs> it and, and re-record and rewind it. It was like this very arduous process, but it would come out. It was like, I love that old rodeo, oh, oh, rodeo, rodeo. And it was really funny because my cousin's cousins would come over and we would like play the song and it would be good for like the first like 45 seconds to minute through till it hit the chorus. And then they would start singing, but then it would kind of do that skippy <laughs> deep. Thing, and they were like, what is this? This is cool. You know, whatever. <laughs> so it was, I was like, a, you didn't know this, but I was a 90s country DJ. Yeah, remixer. it sounds like it. Well, I mean, if DJ the famous. magician or nothing else works out, you can be a DJ. Yeah. You should do a Neon Boots 90s DJ, DJ, DJ Yeah, for sure. I think we could probably arrange that. Yeah, we can make that happen. Well, so, so that's on the to-do list. And then we're definitely, at some point in time, going to do... A 90s country karaoke night. So wow, I don't yes. know when yeah. that's going to happen, but. Yeah, that could be the music outside of karaoke town. Yeah, oh, be, yeah. That could be in between. In between karaoke yeah. and before and after. Yeah. Or what if you combine the two ideas and just have a DJ <laughs> where people can come use the microphone and sing over the, the songs? Terrible. That does sound No terrible. one's going to know how to sing to your remix rodeo. They're just going like, what the fuck is happening? It's interpretive we dance. Would all, we would all have to be very intoxicated for anybody to have so a this, good time. So this but is this, happening during this, the Myrtle Beach trip is what yes. you're saying. Yes. That's the yes. only way to be in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> The only place where they pour the liquor while you do a burnout on your motorcycle. Oh, my <laughs> That's a real thing. Oh. Myrtle Beach, Shots Myrtle Beach, Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. Beach. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Not a 90s country song. No. But almost as bad. But I feel like Works. it was written about 90s Myrtle Beach. Uh, I think j- that's just Myrtle Beach. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It hasn't changed. Is it, a whole it hasn't changed. Has it gotten a whole any lot. less trashy? No, no. I think I think it kind of stayed shag all the way up until. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember shag? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and still, uh, Lydia was talking about still ruining her shows to this day. This Myrtle Beach song. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we uh we walked on to Myrtle Beach <laughs> in Charleston, and this guy like, the entire show just was like, yeah. Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, like singing the song and like over your this is, yeah. This is a <laughs> this is a really people. awful song by a musician called Sonny Ledford that we're talking about. We might put it as the outro music. I got to do magic for Sonny Ledford once. Really? Yeah. Was his mind like he oh, seems yeah. like a kind of I was gonna out. say. Did he know what was going on? But he did. He was like, man, this is cool. I mean, he was just like, and there was a DJ who DJed on a fucking uh, a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> he had oh. his like DJ. So it's like, like a like table. He was oh, <laughs> he was like DJing. <laughs> okay, sh- my vision of this was like the barrel, you know, that they put in water. That yeah, oh, that you I run thought on? he meant he was like running on a barrel. <laughs> As he was, <laughs> that would be so that's like, some talent. That, that would be amazing. <laughs> Sorry, she <laughs> just mean it was on. It was up on. Yeah, it was on top of the barrel. Sorry. And I think instead they of a flag. table. That's funny. Because you know, <laughs> there was just jello everywhere. I don't want to picture that. Jello everywhere. Some redneck shit. <laughs> Myrtle Beach. So we're so, gonna we're gonna take this this show on the road to Dollywood and then to Myrtle Beach. We're just gonna hit up all the hot spots. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking about Sonny Ledford last last year. <laughs> he played a show at the poorhouse. Yes. I didn't go to this, but it was like at one o'clock in the afternoon. Which does not seem he like... played at 1 o'clock? Yeah, it was like 1 or show? 2, some of that. It was a matinee show on a Saturday or Sunday. I can't believe he was awake. Yeah, it says Saturday at 2. Oh, wow. In November. Yeah, Spencer has the old oh, Facebook event. <laughs> well, I was making sure it was what I was thinking of, because I still remember at the time, I'm like, who is like, okay, Saturday afternoon, I'm going to get whatever level of intoxicated you have to be, like, Myrtle Beach is what I want to hear right now. And what? I guess but it wasn't a special occasion like St. Patrick's Day or some something yeah. where you no. get drunk during the day. <laughs> no, it no. was just just, just a, a day. Saturday. Just a Saturday was sunny. Saturday was sunny. I hope everyone was wearing a Salt Life shirt. No, I will yes. tell you this: I have seen Sunny Ledford five times. 
Oh, I don't know if I would admit that. I'm admitting it right now. <laughs> but his music brings people. I saw a man in a wheelchair and a man in a, in a camouflage Waffle House T-shirt sing Myrtle Beach together and did not know each other. Yeah. And turned and faced each other and sung the lyrics in a bro embrace <laughs> like this. And I was like, this music is bringing people together. It brings together. people together. Also, my dad, who is definitely not a redneck, but a southern man, would not be caught dead with a guy in a camouflage Waffle House t-shirt. But he loves that song. He also lives in Myrtle wow. Beach. Oh, so, so he's into he it. thinks that it's just funny because of he lives there and it's ridiculous. It's kind of like for him. For him, yeah. 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 Interesting. Funny. Yeah, uh, specifically the scene, the scene I remember was I'm, I'm the Myrtle Beach Midnight Mayor. I'm going to uh, shag on the strand <laughs> like a player. Okay. They faced each other at this <laughs> moment and they pointed to each other and they said, you know, they're pointing at each other. Uh-huh. I'm the Myrtle Beach Midnight Mayor. And then they locked hands and they said they and they sung together that they were going to shag on the strand like a player. And I was like, this is amazing. Bringing people together. Yes. <laughs> that is a lot more than I would have ever expected from Sonny Ledford. You know? He's a united. Hey, yeah. It was 10 a.m. when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Mornings with Sonny. Mornings, Mornings with, with Sonny. Sunny. Wake up with Sonny. Oh, man. Okay. That was a great <laughs> intro. You're um, welcome for fucking up the first yeah, show. Yeah. This I'm is even we... better. <laughs> I'm glad you talked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So since we have two guests, we asked them to each choose a song or to choose two songs. And then mine and Spencer's pick is How Catch Em, Hearts Are Gonna Roll. How Catch Em, just a few hits in the 90s. This one was from his 93 album, Sure Love. It reached number two on the Billboard Country Charts. He had like one other song, I think. That, Small Town Saturday yeah, Night. Yeah, Small Town Small Saturday, Saturday Night. Night. That's right. a really great one. I was between that one or this one. And actually, the reason that I chose this one is because it reminds me of Will Hogue. And I think oh. you've opened for oh, yeah. Will before. Will's a good buddy. Um, Will has a song of the same title, Hearts Are Gonna Roll, from his 2006 album, The Man Who Killed Love, which was a really great album. Mm-hmm. So I just, I really just wanted to talk about Will Hogue, <laughs> and I thought that... Uh, Do you want him on your podcast? I, I would love to have time. Will on my podcast. <laughs> Our podcast. Yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> you fuck up recording one time. You're out of here. You're out. You're, you're I thought it was going to be misquoting Tim McGraw lyrics. It was going to get me kicked off, but apparently no. it's not. No, it's screwing up the recording and making yeah. it start over again. I will say, I forgot to go back and listen to these, but I looked at the title with some of his 2000 songs his singles first of all he had two that didn't chart one with Dolly Parton which I don't know how you have I'm not chart but yeah and then another Dolly. with Leanne Rhymes the Leanne one was called In Front of the Alamo which I'm sure has a great video and then <laughs> Dolly Parton was two of the lucky ones but then the best title of his 2000s singles was Just the Side of Heaven in parentheses Hallelujah but it's how like his name oh, dash the Luyah because you know you get it right I like guess. you so uh, wow. I need to where did that one chart forty seven <laughs> but it hey, it, it, beat, it beat that Dolly Parton one like how what I just thought by default a Dolly Parton guest spot well. would be like top twenty easy at worst you would think you would think but it must be but sometimes not so great yeah it must be pretty must be well why would you sing a song with Leanne Rams about the Alamo. In front of the album. She's from Texas, oh, right? All I can oh. think about is just yeah. what were they doing in front of the album? Looking album? for a basement? Oh. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> she might have missed that reference. I'm not sure if she was the right age at the time. Mm. But. The album. But yeah, the Hal Ketchum Hearts Are Gonna Roll, <laughs> not Will Hogue, was co-written by a guy, Ronnie Scaife, who also wrote The Whiskey Ain't Workin' by Travis Tritt and Marty Stewart. And Mike, you have an interesting story about Travis Tritt. You want to share Tritt, that? Yeah. When I was on tour with the old 97s, we were at the Fillmore in San Francisco, and the people in San Francisco didn't know like who the old 97s were. They were assuming it was some 90s country band mm-hmm. or something, which I yeah. guess technically they are. People. Right. They've been around yeah, for a while. Been around for a while. They exist only in the 90s. Oh, yeah. But they're <laughs> amazing people. They're like some of my favorite people in the whole wide world. I forget who they made up. 
who they were, like Dwight Yoakam or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, no, it should be Travis Tritt because he's such a badass. Yeah. And then my favorite Travis Tritt song is Here's a Quarter Called Someone Who Cares. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do you update a song like that? Because there's no pay phones. They cost way <laughs> right, right. a quarter. So as we were just joking around and I said, here's an Uber, call someone who ride shares or find someone who ride shares. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, that's so funny. And then I tweeted it at Travis Tritt. And I was uh-huh. like, hey, Travis, would love your song. But uh, me we and this man, update. we updated it for you and da-da-da. And five minutes later, he tweeted back and he was like, that's funny. And he, he tweeted like a crying, laughing emoji. Oh. Like, Travis Tritt just like <laughs> responded <laughs> to me. social media kid. Well, Sorry, I impressed somebody. I impressed somebody. It was, we'll say it was actually <laughs> Travis Tritt. Yeah. I keep, it, I keep a screenshot of it. I was like. As you yeah, should. You should like frame that. Yeah. Do you think yeah. Travis Tritt has an iPhone? Oh, I'm sure. Man, if Charlie Daniels has a fucking iPhone. <laughs> Travis they're Tritt. touring together this summer, right? They yeah, really? they're playing in Carrie. Mm-hmm. It's like they're real. That's so a great story. The story I read about Ronnie Scaife, which I was going to quote even if I couldn't verify it because it was on some bullshit website, but then I found the interviewers talked about, is like one of the best like country stories. I feel like just that from the royalties of writing this song, he bought a new transmission for a stock car called Hellbilly, which he races in rural Tennessee. Hellbilly. So whenever Hal Ketchum called him up, was like, you know, you heard this hit number one. He's like, hell yeah, I can buy a new transmission for my Hellbilly car <laughs> oh my and go God. racing again. It's like perfect, mm-hmm. like perfect '90s country songwriter. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> that's what that's what he's in the game for. Did like, Ronnie keep... write a song about that? I'm not aware car? of one about hellbilly but i would love to hear it well so this i mean this being a money-making song i think that we should listen to it real transmission yeah um, uh, yeah that's enough money that's enough yeah let's let's listen to a little bit of a song (laughs) 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 all right so lydia write a song like this and you'll be gold It's a good song. I think it's funny because it's a father and his daughter and he's like kind of, she's going to break all these hearts mm-hmm. and there's going to be this wake of, of male destruction. Yes. You know, in, in the wake, which is which is amazing, which is totally counter to fancy, which is here's a piece of advice, get the fuck out of the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like definitely like a, a different kind of paradigm, I guess, yeah. this father-daughter mm-hmm. relationship. Well, and it, the story is very much like she's a daddy's girl, but like, that's the only man that she probably will ever like respect and be nice to. And she's just going to rip through through everybody else, which means she's eventually going to find some really dirtbag dude. who's going (laughs) to treat her like shit and knock her off her pedestal. Uh And like, it's the wrong guy. That's dark. Yeah, it is pretty dark. I think country's dark though. Mm. Well, so I think that especially like nineties country very much hints at that type of stuff. But I mean, well, fancy gets a little dark. I mean, because it's like turning, her daughter out to prostitution right. basically but i don't know it seems like other songs are more of like surfacey but it e- is easy to take it down a dark path like yeah. you just did well i think that's <laughs> oh wait, wait you till, did say wait till we get to some of these other songs <laughs> you did say earlier that he sold his soul to the devil i did to his magic ability, so. i mean how else can you do the tricks that he does <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. I, I'm like, I'm super, because, you know, I get to perform for a lot of country stars. So I'm mm-hmm. all like, I get super pumped. Actually, I think one of my friends is going on tour with Travis Tritt or Travis Tritt's. Oh, Travis Tritt is playing Dirks Bentley's festival mm. in September in Colorado called like the Seven Peaks Festival. And I haven't I heard of I that one. I invited to that in <laughs> September because I want to be like, remember that Uber tweet? <laughs> yeah, you, can ver- you can verify that. <laughs> Print it out and get him to sign it. And then you does my Twitter. <laughs> See, no. Thanks, Stacy. This song, like, in that same interview where I was reading the part about Hellbilly, it, I mean, it's basically exactly like what you would think inspired the song. He was like, me and Ronnie were talking about our daughters growing up, and some guys are going to come along, and we know what they're going to be interested in, and so we need to, like, let them know that 
don't fuck around with our daughters and like break their hearts and all this stuff. He said like that he's got he's been to jail and he's not afraid to go back or something like that to the interviewer. I'm writing they, songs just to get so, car parts, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny, like they said, like one <laughs> one quote of that, he's like, you know, do you say that to the, the boys or did you say to the boys? And like, did it embarrass your daughters? He said, no, not much. That's the father's right to say that. It's like, okay. Oh like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it seems yeah. a little overbearing. Well, I mean, maybe a different time. Well, he said this interview was like 10 years ago. Okay. Oh, well. So, property rights? Well, it's kind of like know. when you were like, Lachlan's going on a date, and everyone's like, can you make her disappear? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Well, first of all, I don't think you should murder people for going on a date with your daughter. And second, please stop with the disappear joke. Well, you know, and, and having a child, and you're... Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a child, yeah. you know. It's like you you run this really weird kind of thing of like wanting to let them do their own thing, mm-hmm. and you hope for like all that shit. And wanting like to commit cold, cold stone axe waving murders. Um, I but, can't wait for that day. <laughs> murdering children. Murdering children. <laughs> oh man. Sorry. But yeah, like you know, you want you want your daughter to go do her own thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I'm not as overbearing as a parent as like somebody like that. But, yeah, you know, it is kind of funny because they're almost like this Cyrano de Bergerac type character where they're like, oh, I know it's going to piss all the boys off. Like, <laughs> I'm going to angle my kid this way and just make all these dudes mad. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know that I would want a daughter to be a total heartbreaker. I th- I'm having a son, so I don't oh, have to okay, worry about that go. shit. That's true. Yeah. That's very He'll true. He'll just get his heart broken. All the time. Poor little yeah. sweet thing. By, by this guy's daughter, maybe. Who knows? Uh, that baby. would be a really odd age difference. Yeah, that would yeah. be very strange. Don't. Hey, man. Don't knock it. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> that would be giving me a run for my money. <laughs> Oh, good one. All right. Um, any other any other thoughts about how ketchup or as Spencer said, how ketchup? Okay. Where did that come from? I don't know. What was name autocorrects to? Like, oh, really? Your phone autocorrected it to how ketchup? I'm pretty sure. Or maybe I was just like, I hope it autocorrects this. And or you no. hoped it, you willed it to me. Yeah. So. What would be funny is if know, he like, went ahead and did his own ketchup brand. Like, didn't Jimmy Dean do Jimmy Dean's sausages? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How's ketchup? I mean, I was seven when the song came out. I'm sorry that like I wasn't thinking of highbrow comedy with his name. Like, <laughs> what if they called it uh, Hal's Hellbilly? Hellbilly ketchup. I would buy that. Spicy ketchup. I yeah. would buy that too. Oh man, Hal, if you're listening. If you're listening, Hal. Tired of playing in those minor leagues of country chart thems. Yeah, he he is, is still touring. Yeah, I, he's still I really. Looked, yeah, he was recently. Exciting news though. I was going to try and do a seg, but I don't know if this is true. Is Toby Keith touring right now? Oh, man. I oh, yeah. So. I feel like he's so. always touring. Or like, I feel like he's touring constantly, like the Red Solo Cup tour or like... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just pulled up Toby Keith's um, <laughs> website, and yeah. the name of his tour is That's Country, Bro. Oh, oh my God! God. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the Just really, really embracing bro country as yeah, a I mean, concept. It, you know what? I think that bro country is gross and it annoys me and I don't enjoy listening to it or many of the people that enjoy listening to it, but he's making bank on it. Yeah. So yeah. freaking embrace it. And he's not touring anywhere near here. So this is a, a we're being a spared. B market bro or bro B market. I guess. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's playing, Dublin. he's playing Kissimmee, Florida, mm. Sparks, Nevada at the Ooh, Nugget Events Center. Um, so flip flop towns, <laughs> flip flop towns, Crownsville, Maryland. I've never heard of these places. Wow. Uh, Sturgis, South Dakota. I do know where oh, that is. Man. I got asked to work at a strip club there. What? <laughs> when I was smoking a cigarette. That was like, they just need you like filling a shift? Yeah. Or like... Were you in Sturgis? Or yeah. were you somewhere else and they I wanted you there. to move to Sturgis? Or no, I guess I was in Fargo. But okay. he asked if I wanted to work for him in Sturgis. And then he was like, well, do you have any friends? Maybe he wasn't asking me to be a stripper. Maybe I was... Asking to be a prostitute. I don't know. But it was, he asked me if I or any of my wow. friends would like to work. You or any of your friends? That's a broad net to cash. Just like, do you know a person? 
Do you know was... anyone with a, a boob or boob? <laughs> <laughs> just boobs? Minimum one boob. We'll hire him. Like First like... of all, if I saw me on tour, I would not be like, mm, I'd like to see her dance around naked. Sorry. <laughs> I still think like this upstart DIY pimp thing is kind of interesting, though. Yeah. And, and the, the Dakotas, especially. Just like, what are you? I'm a pimp in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, hey, Tumbleweed, got any friends? <laughs> if you see any girls... <laughs> I'll send you. I'll pay you a dollar. Yeah. Sorry, that detail. Those are the conversations that I love for to completely derail everything that we're talking about on this podcast. That's our, like, signature move is to be like, what the hell are we just talking about? about? Yeah. We were talking about Toby Keith. Oh, yeah. It's from the album Boomtown, so maybe that's... It is from the album Boomtown, so that kind of, like... the The Boomtown of, you know, rural... Dakota, Dakota prostitution, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Boomtown. Uh, yeah, so Boomtown, that was uh, 1994. He has clever fucking names for his records, by oh, the yeah. way. Oh, yeah, Shock and Y'all. Shock and Y'all? Like, <laughs> instead of Shock and All, I don't know yeah. if you picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need shock explanation. Shock Y'all. It was good. It was good. Because if you slur it right, it could be like, who knows? Who knows? Well, what? that seems to be the given for a lot of country lyrics, is if you slur it enough and are drunk enough, it just sounds it may, okay. It works out. It works, it works out. out. I'm going to do this Toby Keith artist thing because I, I was looking at the, some of the titles of his records. And um, 35 Mile an Hour Town should have been a cowboy bus song. That's a good one. To see. Yeah, should have been a cowboy bus the gun, 2010. Oh, man. We don't just, talk about music from 2010. That's I beyond. Know, I know. <laughs> Honky Tonk yeah, University. White Trash with Money. Shocking y'all. Pull my chain. How do you like me now? 99. Well, White Trash with Money. He's really just embracing it with that yeah. the bro country stuff it's almost right. like he just walks around and sees what he sees on a t-shirt and he's like I'm gonna name my album that <laughs> probably, he probably yeah. saw it on a t-shirt Spe- in Myrtle Beach I was gonna say in Myrtle Beach, Beach. <laughs> it, was, it was an airbrush t-shirt shocking y'all he bought a shirt the sheets that he named his record after <laughs> the sheets <laughs> like that sheets. with an eagle on it Oh, man. Yeah, so there was something, you know, of course, we do all of our research by reading Wikipedia. And the funny thing that Mike and I, well, we all kind of read this and we're laughing about it at the beginning is there's a quote in the in the Wikipedia about this song that says it was the last music video where Toby Keith had hair (laughs) and the first music video to feature him with a cowboy hat on. Which and I was, yeah. I was like, did I mean it makes it sound like he, I don't know, went bald and after this step one, the I man guess. had a well, glorious mullet. Yes, yes. Thing. I mean, if you listen to the song, it's like maybe his hair went to the guy who's currently yeah. with his truck, kids, dog, tree. Like, he has nothing. Who's left that man my wearing my hair? hair. That's, my hair. <laughs> that's my mullet. That's my coffee cup. <laughs> and my mullet. That's my Rogaine on the counter. <laughs> okay, do we want to listen to the actual song real quick? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that's my house and that's my car. That's my dog in my backyard. There's a window to the room where she lays her pretty head. I planted that tree out by the This video is absolutely amazing. Um, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a huge, gigantic favor. Well, first of all, up. he's like trying to be discreet and spy on his family that he is still referring to as his wife. Right. Even though she clearly took his ass for everything. That everything he had. My but car. Like, his house. I mean, he's car. being sneaky by driving a giant pickup truck with a giant, equally giant cowboy hat on. And his big ruse is to turn around in the neighbor's driveway. Like you yeah. won't notice like that. You like, that. In any neighborhood like this, by the way, people would immediately immediately be like, who's out there? And like, oh, there, would be, there would be posts on the listserv. Yeah. Neighborhood listserv. There's an old truck driving around. Yeah. Who is this yeah. man? Who's that man casing my neighborhood? <laughs> 
But like he obviously does something really fucked up because he's like he hears the kids are handling it well or whatever. Oh, like they went through, through hell. hell. I yeah. hear they've adjusted. Well. They adjusted well. But like but he did something awful to this. Family. Yeah, but like he has heard that he hasn't actually talked to them and find yeah. that out. So like, oh yeah. Okay, so you don't have any contact with your kids, and we're supposed to have he sympathy. He must have really fucked up if he has zero contact with his. Kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He lost the tree. <laughs> Which is clear. He's upset that he lost the tree and the dog. Like, so, he's lost also, everything. Also, then he's like, that's the window where she lays her, her pretty, pretty head. head. Like, this guy is disturbed. That's creepy. Well, in the second verse, I hate, like, in the context of the song, the second verse, where he's talking about how they paved the road through the neighborhood. Oh, yes. oh and because finally so, complained. Yeah, yeah, like, you complain this whole fucking song. Like, this whole song, like, there's my house and there's my car. Like, okay. And he didn't but, ever think to call the fucking... Well, but I love yeah. that he's, he's brought in the municipalities in this, the beginning of the song. Isn't isn't so much? He's got to like, set the scene. Yeah, you got to set the scene. There, there's this road that used to be real shitty, and now it's nice. I did feel like he spends way too much time singing about that road. Yeah, yeah. The first two it's verses are basically. Like, this used to be my way home, or whatever. Yeah. Also, clearly, he's been run the fuck out of town because. It's like he doesn't work in this town anymore. He hasn't even seen True. the roads. Yeah, for a while. So he there's should not be there. There's been a passage of time. That's a restraining order. There's, there's a distance <laughs> that he's got to keep. I, I like this idea of there being a restraining order <laughs> in play somewhere. Well, yeah. and my favorite part of this video is, you know, he's got a, the, the glory. I'm talking glorious mullet. And he's in the pickup truck. And at one point, he stops in front of the house and his son... <laughs> who, I don't know, opens the door and he's so pumped and he opens the door to go greet his son but the, the son's letting the dog back in yeah. and he gets all sad and like slumps down in the driver's seat <laughs> of his car. But I'm also like, well, I thought the dog is is like tertiary or, or, or fourth on the list of things that you missed out on. Did yeah. you notice the fucking dog running in the yard and the kid was going to let it in? Why did you get your hopes up Why'd about you get this thing? Like the dog just appears in the video. Right, right, right. right. But he's all like, oh, my son's going to... Oh, no, he's not. Right. Also, it says dog in my backyard and obviously he's yeah. not letting him in the back door, so someone fucked up on the yeah. video side of that. Well, well, and you were also saying that it's weird because in he's the like video, circling. He's circling but like a house on the corner. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, in the first part he's driving through and the house is on the corner like 90 degrees on the corner mm -hmm. and then when he talks about the backyard in the video it's amazing because this guy's got a way better job I than Toby they have Keith. a trampoline too. they have a trampoline and the kids all like in his socks like ging, 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 ging. and then he's yeah you're like that that's, not, that's Toby Keith they, they have speech impediments from the hell they've been through yeah. <laughs> ging, ging, ging. but then he's driving behind the house and I'm yeah. like how did the house get... is on the corner. Like, it's, it's an like, island. It's yeah, in the middle of a traffic island. circle. <laughs> yeah. we, need to, we need to ask Aaron who directed this one. Oh, yeah. This might have been before. This was early, yeah, this you know, was 94. early 90s. We had Aaron Greenwald on an episode talking about recording 90s country music videos. Really? And Which was really interesting. But I feel like there are too many inconsistencies here. Yeah. Somebody... Yeah. They probably Still got their ass their fired job. over yeah. this. I hope they're not so. making any more music. Well, maybe maybe song. they're able to use the the construction of the roads and the municipalities to explain <laughs> away all this weird stuff that's going on. It was a detour, yeah. like, just detour around the backyard. And I, I guess they put in a traffic circle <laughs> around, around my house. house. Yeah. My binoculars um, won't work. Um, yeah. That's the worst thing about this song is like when you started reminding me the song existed. It's like it gets in my head. And, but you can literally sing it about anything. Like I'll wake up in the morning like, that's my bed and that's my yeah. jeans. It's like anything fits in like to this song. And so it's just like, shit, all right, that's my day now. It's just, yeah. that's my item that's in my house. Well, and I, I feel like there's been so much passage of time between the road construction mm -hmm. and this new marriage and the fact that his kids have forgotten all about him, but he still refers to them as in the his. possessive yeah. as his yeah. and my wife. And it's like, okay, just say, let's, let's back of the napkin this. <laughs> this is in North Carolina. They have to be 365 days separated. Right. She probably maybe would have met a guy well, six months in. Well, I think you're in. the yeah, only right. state that law left. With that law. But South but Carolina, I think, still has that law. Let's just assume for safety standards. I've been separated for like four years. Though. Right. I'm still not divorced. So I've but you're also long. not remarried. Right? So like, like yeah. how long, what would be the most amount, like a year and a half? Two years, maybe? Well, I, I mean... Know. 
Oh, for her to completely for her to completely redo, like redo everything, go through all the litigation, yeah. and get the house. To it would have to be off. like three hundred and sixty-six days at least, yeah. bare minimum. Yeah, bare minimum. She yeah. would have had to met that dude on Tinder real fast <laughs> immediately. And just hit it off. He's obviously an AOL chat room. Yeah, at the time. At yeah. this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then maybe this guy's actually a freeloader on on top of it, or actually, I like this better. Yeah, Toby like, Keith's wife made all the fucking money. House? Like she yeah. made all the money. Right, right, like, right. That's right. what I'm thinking. She made all the money. She he was like a kept man. He had some <laughs> bullshit job at like a VHS store or whatever they had in the nineties. Well, he like worked at Blockbuster. <laughs> so Toby Keith wrote this. He definitely didn't. We've talked about a guy named Dennis Lindy a couple times who wrote songs that basically like mapped out the world that that was happening in. He obviously didn't like map out a timeline here of like how this stuff would have gone down, or even a map of like where this house was located. Well, because so, the maps would have yeah. changed because of all the construction. That's what I'm saying. Like he needed to like have something, something to reference here to make sure his shit added up. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't think because there's somehow like he he graduates from stalking to doing the reflection pool mm-hmm. solo acoustic thing, right? Which is actually I, I found kind of beautifully fascinating with because uh, he doesn't have the hat, he has the mullet. He's in front of the thing. It looks just like it's a reflection. And then something makes waves from the 90 degree angles. And then they cross and they keep rippling until it distorts so much. And they pan from Toby Keith Barstool. Oh, yeah, you have to rewatch. It's beautiful. And it goes down and it just focuses on the reflection and gets really bright and dark. And it just... It's, Magical. it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. No judgment of this question. How many times have you watched this video approximately? This morning, twice. The first time I ever saw it was at your house in Columbus because mm-hmm. you were talking about this song. And I'm like, I never heard the song. And then she played the video and we were like, oh, my God. And we watched that video like right. a couple times. Man, it's the Columbus, that kind of was my life. <laughs> I did leave all of my stuff. That's my, my Vitamix. Yeah, house. but it was like, <laughs> that's my mixing bowl. In the <laughs> I didn't have anything near like I didn't plan on to read or have any kids. So it was like easier to leave a mixing cool bowl behind. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Obviously, the trampoline was a new addition. Yeah. Because the there. cool new stepdad. Yeah. yeah. Cool, new, cool new stepdad who may also be a freeloader. I don't know. I don't know. Depends. He's like, What's hey, that? you want to <laughs> work in Nevada for me? <clears throat> I want to make sure we leave time for the last song because it's a, it's a good one. Tell us about this other song that you chose, guys. Well, so... Lydia picked that one, and uh, I had actually tried to pick an older song, which was, which, which was as bad. we have established, Rachel is a rule follower no, 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 and doesn't fine. let anybody uh, but, go see, outside I was going the 90s thematically, event. right? Mm-hmm. So I was going thematically. Lydia picked that one, and I was like, "Well, I'll do Digging Up Bones" by Randy Travis because they're both about these failed relationships also and different both perspectives. Creepy. Both also <laughs> creepy, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how fresh she's out of the house in the Randy Travis song. Well, and this one's a failed relationship. Exactly yeah. why yeah. I picked it, and I hated to I hated to pick this one, but well, it's actually. Low. We had a, a discussion about this a while ago that was like totally not related to doing the podcast. Well, yeah, right. this blew up on your Facebook, and then I think that's why I said you should be on here and talk about <laughs> bring this bullshit to bring a real life bullshit. conversation. Yeah, you posted it, and I was like not really on the internet for a while. But then when you posted that, and you were like, "Oh wow, everyone's coming," and I had to go read, and someone was like. Why do you think... Well, I guess we should talk about what the song is. Well, yeah, so so, it's Friends in Low Places, Mm -hmm. karaoke jam favorite. And I don't care if you live in New York City or Park City, Utah, or wherever you live, this song comes on, you will sing along. It's like a thing. Absolutely. It is a very sing-alongable song. Well, and this is a song that when we had Alex Bingham on, he was in a touring band, and he talked about how they would have to play covers, and... There is some algorithm of how much people drink whenever they hear certain songs, mm-hmm. and this is one that makes people drink a lot. Wow, that's talking and, about some analytics, right? Yeah, and I'm so, really, yes, Spencer yep. was really into that conversation. But so he said, he said that Friends in Low Places was one of those that they would cover quite often, regardless of where they were, because everybody loves this song, and right. it would prompt people to go get another drink. And so it, it, it follows, and I was telling Lydia this on the thing, I had no idea that this this follows the amazing formula of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, 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 mm-hmm. which I, I think is unheard of. I've never well, seen Well, Michael is yet. just now learning to play music, so... <laughs> which is why like, I came up on What's the song this? pattern? I was like, it can be whatever you want. You're like, but what is it, really? I'm like, well, I usually am like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Right. And you're like, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I,
and that's how I came upon this song because like uh, I bought a book of uh, piano sheet music for country and uh, mm -hmm. Friends in Low Places was on there and it's only like two three pages long and I read the words and I'm like there's not many words because you know the, right, right, right. You got, I got friends that's at all. why everyone can sing it that's yeah. why everybody can sing it because it's like a page and a half is just the chorus mm -hmm. and then a little bit blank yeah, yeah. all on my you know yeah. just showed up in booths there's not a lot of story there and you know in that story it's it's just oh it's <laughs> i think definitely he's crashing a wedding someone was yes. like see so that that was a different that? thing that i felt like whenever i read that facebook post i was i never thought that it was a wedding oh you okay. never thought it was a wedding? i never what did, did you think it was either i thought that so I, I was trying to put myself into like where I was at this time in my life and like why I wouldn't because a wedding totally makes sense mm -hmm. right right when whenever you said that I was like oh yeah I guess it does make sense but I guess for me growing up I had never even considered a wedding to be a black tie affair it mm -hmm. like all the weddings that I had been to or heard mm -hmm. of were like <clears throat> at your local church the reception was in the Fellowship Hall, Hall or, or whatever. So you wore your church clothes, but nobody wears a tuxedo. And so whenever I hear the song, I visualize like he's at some black tie gala where she's some fancy schmancy rich lady that's, mm -hmm. you know, fundraising or something. And that's mm -hmm. why they're all that wearing tuxedos. Too, but I thought of it because he's like, uh, he was looking yeah. at me. And he like, got I grabbed fear in his eye. Yeah. And why would you have champagne? What would you be toasting? Is the Well, I was toasting Dolly Parton a few weeks ago when <laughs> she was in Raleigh for a gala. Oh, thanks for the invite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> BT does. We saw that. <laughs> but yeah, I, did that. I, I didn't know the jury was out. To me, it was always a wedding. Because, A, if it was a black tie affair, he couldn't just roll up in there. Right. Right? So, like, there would be, like... There would uh, be a list. There would be restrictions. B, 90s, pre-internet. I don't know how he gets this information. Like, he just... He probably away. saw it in the local newspaper. That's why I think it would have to be a wedding, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, it would have to be a wedding announcement, and he would know. Because he does a bunch the last of last one. one. Last one to know. Mm -hmm. the, the last, last one to show. show. And the last, the last one, one you thought, thought I'd see there. there. So, like... Yeah, because it's like, why would... He care about like raising money for dogs. Yeah, <laughs> that was the you last one. Me. No, how would you leave me? Out? And I, I, I up wanted like, to write a check for some dogs. Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> but instead, and, and in my in my mind, I don't know if this has a video. If it does, I, I would love to watch it. I want to visualize like Garth Brooks in his Garthum with the microphone <laughs> and the the, blue, the loud blue uh -huh. and black shirt, just rolling up to this black tie affair to do friends in low place. Like, <laughs> I like have the champagne. I like how in your vision he brought his own microphone. He's his own, still, like, yeah, he has, has that microphone. He's got his own PA He's ready to go. To does he like fly in? Like I heard he does some of his shows, like repel yes. from zone. Like in your vision, he like shows up there. That's what actually the in my is. vision. Like he the, kicks the, over the cake. With no, the he comes out of the cake. Right, like oh, he raises yeah, yeah, up because yeah. I've seen him do this in a couple concert footages. He raises up from under the, the stage, but stage. in in okay. in the video, he could come out of the out cake. Of the cake. Yeah, I don't know. I looked for, and we were talking about this earlier, how, like, he doesn't have any of his stuff, like, oh, freely available impossible. just on the internet. And I found a couple of videos, but I couldn't tell if they were, like, live performances or if they were the actual CMT video. But This one, one does them, not have actual video. Does not it have does actual. not have an actual. So no. this was just, like, a performance where he, one where he was wearing all white... <gasps> I watched that this morning. Okay, mm -hmm. and 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 he's surrounded by people in like fancy Black dresses yeah dresses and, and there they have champagne and stuff. And then I've seen another video that's similar. Oh wait, you missed the exciting conclusion of that one. Oh, I didn't watch it all the way through. What oh happened? Oh my god, you missed it! I, I, you, I was rushing for my studying. Oh yeah, so check it out. Okay. This is introduced by Reba McIntyre, whose hair is on fucking fleek. Of course. I mean, it is giant. She introduces Garth. Garth in his little, like, weeble wobbly, like, white outfit or whatever, because he <laughs> looks kind of shapely weird. Yeah. This looks unusual, especially in a tuxedo. And a white tux with tails. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It just looks. Which doesn't look good on anybody. Anybody, right? <laughs> so he's playing, these dancers are dancing, you know, it goes through the thing, and the band's all dressed up, and, and then the dancers go off at a certain point. And upon the second uh, reprisal of, mm -hmm. uh, or the second chorus of You Got, We Got Friends in Low Places or whatever, all the people that were in black gala stuff are now out 
in full effect as country hoedowning people with oh. uh, redneck shit on, hoedowning and, and grinding on each other. It's like a ripaway black tie, like. The band, okay, the band. <laughs> I was watching this video and they're like way up on Garth and you know, and he's doing the high and the low. And then um, it goes away from Garth and they go to the steel player and I'm like, why are they doing this? Yeah. And the steel player and the guitar player look at each other and the steel player reaches over the guitar player and he grabs his shirt and he rips off the tuxedo and underneath it is just a, a different color shirt and they all start taking their fancy clothes off for yet another version of one of the four choruses of mm-hmm. I Got Friends in Low Places and the whole band changes outfits and Garth is the only one left in a tuxedo at the end of it. Uh, so it kind of flips Oh it. man, you really gotta watch that. It's, it's <laughs> pretty This was like an award get... show? Yeah. Right? It was That's epic. Crazy. It was insane. Well, it was like urban cowboyish, kind of amazing. Well, it did. I mean, I wonder if that was like at the CMAs or because that song won single of the year in 1990 at the CMAs and for the Academy of Country Music it won the single of the year for that too so I wonder if that performance was from one of those shows that would make sense I mean that song is it's transcendent like you know class station Mm -hmm. whatever everybody's heard that song and And sings along to it like Lydia was saying you know that like it just repeats, so you don't you don't mm-hmm. have to forget the words, no. right? Yeah. And apparently, the Oasis was the guitar player's bar, hometown in, bar, yeah, hometown yeah. bar, or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was cool. But I still, it goes back to what we were saying about Toby Keith. Like, how much time has passed that this woman's already <laughs> moved on? But you'll never hear him complain, even though he. Is oh, like I'll never. But I'm gonna go out of my way pre Uber. I gotta get a taxi or drunk. Oh, and this song I think is about substance abuse. Oh, okay. Okay, stay with me on. This. Okay. <laughs> yeah, wait for because, this thread. Because he says, "Give me an hour, uh, whatever." I'll be as high as your average hour. I'll be as high or as the I've, average. I've gotten hour. drunk a lot in my life, and I've never referred to it as getting high. So I think. Well, he's probably talking about. Drugs. That's what I mean. I think he's got a crack problem. Crack was big in the 90s. This- so let's, <laughs> let's point out real quick before we go down some dark hole about Garth Brooks being yeah, a drug addict. I didn't say Garth Brooks, the character. I was going to say, he did not write this song. It was written by Earl Bud Lee and Dwayne Blackwell. So maybe Such great country songwriter names. Such good country names. songwriter names. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of them knew somebody with a well, drug problem so, that inspired it. I mean, I think some people use that as like a phrase for getting drunk. I, I, I think never in, in the South, I don't know. There's like the moon is high, and so am I. Yeah. I've heard people use it to refer to as getting drunk. Mm-hmm. I not like any of my like friends. It's like friendly drunk. Go get high with somebody. Like, I don't like know if they would being, say being a high drunk is a friendly drunk. Okay. Mm. I mean, he does got friends in low places. Yeah. So that's like kind of those two kind of come together I'm assuming y'all read the Wikipedia part as well about how Lee one of the songwriters was out eating lunch in Nashville with some of his friends and apparently like ran up a pretty sizable bar tab and forgot his wallet Conveniently, and they asked you know how are you yeah, going to pay for your for him. yeah yeah they're like you know how are you going to pay for your tab and he said you know don't worry I have friends in low places and said he knew the cook and then he and Blackwell the other songwriter like automatically like oh that's got to end up in a song and like months later they were at a party celebrating someone's number one hit another songwriter and then they started talking about it and just like came together then and uh, I think very appropriately they they wrote it on paper napkins because yeah. that was all that was there. Their Bar tab from well, so that's what I read is that ago. that he used some of the royalties from the song to pay off his bar tab oh, at this bar that he always oh my go God. to. I don't know. And it's like, oh, I know the cook. Like, well, he doesn't want to pay your bar tab. Right. Whatever right. Shit, right. He's trying to work here to get his. Yeah, own money. he's making minimum wage. I'm but, sure. But Garth, like, really. I mean, he had already put out his first album at this point, and that had some. So, good... so what I read was that Garth was a shoe salesman, right? He yeah, he was yeah, a yeah. shoe salesman, and that's how he met these songwriters. Yeah, yeah. And the songwriters would have him come in and just record demos that they would then use to shop around to bigger names or whatever. Right. And so they had this friends in low places, and they called 
Garth to come in and record the demo so that they can then shop it around. And that was actually the last demo that he ever recorded yeah. because at the same time, he had just finished recording for his first album, which right. was a self-titled yeah. album, I think. And he actually, in, in some of the interviews later, Garth Brooks said that he wished that he had gotten that song earlier so that he could have put it on the first album. But instead, he had to wait and put it on the second See, album, which it, was if no it came out on the first album, it, it, it would have gotten have, lost. It would have got lost. Yeah. Well, and he tells a story, or the way he tells a story is that after a couple weeks of it like being stuck in his head constantly, that he asked him to like, hold it for him because he knew it was going to be over a year since he had just put out his debut. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that doesn't really add up with like Mark Chestnut put out a version on his album, his debut. Like they came out, I think a month after No, no Fences, Fences came out. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much truth there is with that, but like, so I think like it's like Bring It On when all the cheerleaders have the same exact <laughs> Sparky. But but yes. Mark Chestnut's version is like boring. Yeah, it's boring. I mean, obviously they didn't have near nearly the success. I don't even think he put it out as a single. No. But it was just. Hmm. straight ahead it didn't have that like party vibe of this well and that's what it, the Wikipedia uh, <laughs> talks a little bit about the recording process that Garth Brooks went through to record the song that ended up on the album and like you could hear somebody opening a beer towards the end and right. they like left it in and like people are yelling and stuff somebody about yeah. the pregnant wife yeah the guitar player was at the hospital the one who inserted the Oasis yeah, into yeah. that song. So his wife was pregnant, so they were at the hospital during this recording session, and someone yelled out, Push Marie, during that, because they were talking about his wife giving birth. And then, apparently, when they sent off to be mastered, the mastering company, I guess is what they're called, uh, sent it back and was like, hey, something's really fucked up on the recording of Friends in Low Places, and they were freaking out about they didn't have time to get back in the studio and fix it, and they realized it was just someone cracking a beer near the microphone. They're like, oh, just leave that in. That's yeah, like that the vibe totally, of the song. That totally works. But, I mean, the Mark Chestnut version is very, like, just him singing. It does not have the party. Have y'all listened to that version uh, before? It's just very, it's really flat. I mean, imagine, like, Garth Brooks singing it and being really sleepy. I mean, we can play that. We can, <laughs> we can play that version. If, we can. Oh, well, I, I'll put the um, I'll put the Mark Chestnut version on our special extra bonus songs, but we actually haven't listened to the Garth version yet. So. Hey, I didn't mean to cause a big scene. Just give me an hour and then well, I'll be as high as that ivory tower. the first time that I heard the extra verse. There's an extra verse? The live version. The live version has, so it... He says ass at the end. So if you were a kid hearing that, it was also It was was a big deal. So he basically just reworks the words in the second chorus and says wait till I finish this glass Mm -hmm. instead of wait for an hour and then. Oh. And so instead of saying wait for an hour and then I'll be as high as that ivory tower that you're living in, it says uh, wait till I finish this glass. Then sweet little lady, I'll head back to the bar and you can kiss and my ass. And you can kiss my mm-hmm. ass. Oh. And so the one with the extra verse, like apparently like Garth put that extra verse, he, yeah, he wrote that, that extra verse together because he was like, you know, if it was me, I would be like, with the microphone. <laughs> exactly kiss my the ass. Mike Casey scenario. Kiss my ass, 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 ass. Yeah, that's the remix version there. But that was on like his uh, his double live album, which we talked about with Grant on his episode because the Colin Baton Rouge on that live album mm. is so so fun. I like that song. Um, oh, but yeah, so on that live, that same double disc, the the secret. Third verses. Well, you know, and it, it does it does beg the question: Is like, what did he do to incur the scorn of this person to be exiled from Probably their life? Probably act like an ass. Probably act like, <laughs> like a he's drunk doing ass. in the song. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And same with Toby Keith. What did you do to lose everything? Why does she have the car, the house, the tree, the dog, the kids, and a new man? And you just got some beat up old pickup truck that you and a beautiful around. mullet. But that's and all. Be- that's all. You got to keep the mullet in the divorce, which <laughs> you probably didn't have to put up a fight for that anyway. But Definitely. Yeah. Not. You, have to, you, you do have to ask yourself that question as a, in this character in this song. What did they do? Like, why are they They were so just men. 
Yeah. yeah. No shit. Have right? you met men? Have you met men? <laughs> They're assholes. Apparently huge ones. Oh, they would just man. bust up it. I just, I, I kind of, I don't know. If I ever find this Bud Earl Lee, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Earl Bud Lee. Earl Bud Earl Lee. Lee. And Dwayne Blackwell. I'm going to be like, all right, when you see this in your brain, tell me what you see. Is it a wedding? Yeah. Or is it a party? Is it a party or wedding? I, that I want to get to the bottom of. Okay, so well, we need to go to Nashville and find him. If nothing else, oh, there. Oh, movie. Finding Butterfly. <laughs> find, Finding Earl Budley. <laughs> so, I did, like, obviously, this song has been written about a lot, and some of the Wikipedia references were to a book called The Stories Behind Country Music's All-Time Greatest 100 Songs, which... Now that I have the Chicken Soup book, I think I need to add that into my, like, okay. stories. Yeah, because I couldn't find even, like, a preview of it on Google to, <laughs> to fill it. in the blanks. I think that was the one where it referenced how basically the song got Rush released as a single because Garth's mom, who was a country singer, somehow accidentally played it for a radio station. I really know. That's what I was trying to find out, like, the story of how this happened. But, like, played it for a radio station in Oklahoma, and they were just like, oh, we've gotta get this and like the buzz kind of build built from there and so then mom leaked it yeah mom 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 accidentally leaked it which she's probably being a mom like oh i'm so proud of my son for the song right did you bring a cassette i'm not sure but like can you see a mom like in the grocery store in the nines like pulling this cassette player out like listen to this new song by my son like she just rolling around with it but this was this was the first single from no fences right yeah i think so because i was just thinking you know if it was the b-side for another one and if it was on a cassette you could get that flipped around that's true and mm-hmm. play it backwards but if it was the first one yeah gosh I, mom i feel like the radio stations would have like heard it by then though and be like oh this is what's on the b-side we're just gonna play this because way better cooler but i mean i don't that, know you'll order that book and then and we'll revisit this later oh right, i will it's, it's yeah. getting ordered probably tonight perfect <laughs> I'll, I'll be listening for the update <laughs> I've got to know. I've got to. There's so many things. So many questions. So many questions. Oh, it's such a good song. The only other tidbit that I had that we haven't talked about is that starting in 2008, it became the traditional sing-along song during the sixth inning at the Kansas City Royals games. Mm-hmm. Which I'm a baseball fan, so yeah, I we enjoyed. I enjoyed that. We haven't bit. talked enough about like both of us love baseball, and I think I started mm-hmm. to mention this when we were talking about modern country the other day. Like that's how I kind of keep tabs a little bit on modern country because that's like so much of the walk-up music or just like between innings like right now there's a state player who has that dirt on my boot song he alternates between that and brand new man by brooks and dunn and i really want to be the dad nerd i am chart out like improve to him that brand new man you know leads to greater performance go for it do you keep stats when you oh you're gonna do the stats i I want i want to do like by by your walk-up music will wilson which song makes you perform better but i don't pay that good of attention but it would be an interesting study. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You'd also have to take into other effects because it could not. It could also be the weather and the stuff. So you have. To so against everything. lefties, when batting with brand new man. Right, batting with brand new man. I would love it if he was a switch hitter, which he's not. But like the first time he came up batting on the other side, it's they play brand new man. New man gotcha. That would be like you know, that would be nice. like the next level walk up music for him. Yeah. would be. Maybe I'm looking a little bit too deep. It's, into it's it. almost baseball. It's almost uh, MLB baseball season. Well, you know, I know John Pardee pretty well, the Dirt on My Boots guy. I met him through Dirk Bentley. Oh, Interesting. Cool. He is a character. I mean, that song is just, it's, we were talking about in terms of one of those songs that, like, I don't like that song, but it just gets stuck in my head no matter what. You know, it's like, it's like, damn it. Like, I leave the game, like, a little dirt on my boot. I'm like, damn it. Like, well, I hated it, and it made me enraged, and then, like, you kept listening to it, so it got to the point where I was, like, cleaning my apartment one day, and I put it on, like, really loud. Yeah, yeah. It's a like. cleaning machine. <laughs> Especially that really, like, electronic auto-tuned violin. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it's just 2000s country for you, is what that is. So, wait, what would, so this is an impromptu thing. What would your 90s country walk up music be if Ooh. you were a baseball player? If I was a baseball player. Uh huh. And I was batting. <laughs> yeah, and you were batting as a baseball player. Your walk up music. Man, that's a good one. Copperhead Road. Ooh, that's a good one. That'd be a good because you know that. Dust on the bottle, nineties. Ooh, yeah, yes, it that's is. A good one. <laughs> 
Little dust on the bottle. Okay, so dust on the bottle. Copperhead Road. Copperhead Road. Spencer, I, don't I know think, you. I'll have an answer these. for this in two weeks. I know, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, that's takes, really yeah. that was a tough one. <laughs> I I think that I would just do the Shania Twain. Let's go, girls, oh, yeah. and oh, that that's would be. Well, that would be good. Like, so we going back to state baseball. We had a player that used "Call Me Maybe" as his walk-up oh, music. Nice. Like the year that I like, took, like I didn't know it when he first started using. It. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Oh, and then it like blew up that spring and summer. And so he just like to- totally like leaned into like I'm going to play this ridiculous song and I don't care. And it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't be against using the Chanel. And it also like, could maybe uh, subliminally advertise that he needs to be called up. <laughs> That's a... Well, yeah. when, when he, he was, was in, in college, college, not so much. But. Yeah, but, but he, maybe he took a psych class and he was like, you know, it's like a dream board. <laughs> like a depressing. <laughs> a depressing one. like blue by Leanne. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, let's see. What would be the most like, depressing walk-off music? Maybe like the dance by Garth would be the best. Oh, he's... He's at a football game in that song. Um, well, I just, I'm just thinking of like the chorus would be. Oh, just, but yeah, it's very depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, our, also, one of our goals is to try and get a Durham Bulls player on an episode. That shouldn't be too hard. We're right? going to work. Well, you know what? Go to the game, listen to whose walk on right, music right. has like country walk on music. And there get was. That dude. Oh, I can't remember his name. There was one guy last year who always had country, and I was like, if he's back this season, we're going to have to ask him. What was his walk on music? He mixed it up, it w- but it was a few different country songs. Some old, some like 90s type stuff, and then some newer stuff. So, so. I guess the most on the nose pick for this for me would be Cheap Seats. Oh, that's you know, like, yeah. And yeah. I feel like whoever we bring on, if we bring on someone that plays baseball, it's going to have to be that just to get their take on it. But that's such a. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that one. Well, it's like, it's like amazing pandering. It's just like, let me take every. It's almost like, let me take everything that's in this environment right and, like mm-hmm. talk about it like there's kids playing in there yeah just point out everything beer and hot dogs and like right. and then it's like it's everything. like toby keith like pointing out all of the things that don't belong to him anymore oh or he that's a common trope for him because, oh yeah like what's the i like this bar or whatever and he was like that guy's an accountant that guy's a biker that guy's a thing that guy might be a woman like whatever like he's just literally like observational i even seen some hookers yeah and we were like listening to it in the car and he I was like, did he just say hooker? She's like, I don't think he said hooker. On we the radio? Like, he totally fucking said hooker. He said well, I mean, we talked about in 3-1 Crosses where Randy Travis talks about how the preacher gives that hooker a Bible, which is just a very wow. interesting contrast that. to me where it's just like, I think you would use a little bit classier language yeah. as the preacher or as a bystander in that situation. And this, like, but I mean, religious... hooker is a nice two-syllable word that fits into a song <laughs> really rhymes easily. That well, rhymes with looker in Toby Keith's case. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, other than getting excited for baseball season, what cool stuff do you guys have coming up? Uh, I'm mixing my record in like three weeks. That's exciting. exciting. And you're going on tour with the Mountain Goats. Ooh, nice. In Fall. August and September, so that's quite a ways off. But yeah. But That's I mean, we awesome. can can we buy tickets now? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> They're all West Coast shows, so okay. you have to buy like plane tickets. Plane tickets. We probably yeah. have some. What do we have any West Coast listeners? We can go to the analytics page yeah. on our thing <laughs> yeah. and we'll direct it to the three people. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix, the three Arizona. people that live out west. But cool. we need to get John on here too. That so. would be fun. Yeah. yeah, talk us up to John and yeah, we'll sure. get him on because uh, between you and Al, we have the ends. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mike? Uh, just doing a lot of private performances here and there. I'll be doing magic for artists at the High Water Music Festival. There are a lot of people in that lineup that I would like to get their takes on 90s country music. Like, I mean, Hayes Carl, like, he has to be inspired oh, by some hilarious. 90s country. Oh, he's so funny. And he's so funny that. Do you know his son does magic? Oh, wow. Did not know that. That's interesting. Oh. Inspired by you? Well, funny story. Uh, Dan Schramm has a video of it on, on the internet. I met Hayes Carlwood through BJ, mm-hmm. and uh, he sings a song called The Magic Kid, yeah, which yeah, is about yeah. his son doing magic. Oh. And when I first saw him perform a song, he gave this like 
minute and a half speech about how he wanted his son to aspire to better things and how it was really lame. <laughs> and I've, and I've like, heard I've, him tell that same story too, actually. Right. I, yeah, I forgot about and that. So I'm like, oh my God, I've got to meet this fucking guy. And I'm an adult man who does magic that he fucking hates. And then uh, we ended up going to Slims. It was me, him, BJ, and um, Corb Lund. And uh, I did magic phrase, Carl, and just the look on his face was just like total bewilderment. He was like, I hope my son grows up to be as cool as you are. Let's <laughs> go write something for the magic, magic man. Yeah, well then I like... I hope my son grows up to be nothing like you, nerd. But he like re, he redid the opening. And oh. he was like, I used to like do this other opening, but when I was in Raleigh last time... I, I met a this cool guy. Yeah. And he Magician. Was like, well, that's when everyone was like, you gotta meet Magic Mike. I was like, first of all, who's named Magic Mike? <laughs> I pictured he was like a withered old man with a beard <laughs> and, and a long gray up. hair. And like was this robe. was this before or after the Magic Mike movie came out? Oh, it was after. after. Okay. I guess yeah. we met like four years ago or yeah. five years ago or probably longer. I don't know. Yeah, we had not met each other, but we had so many mutual friends. Yeah. So it was kind of... But I had no interest in meeting a magician named Magic Mike. So. <laughs> but now I know the truth. Oh, yeah. Well, I just have a lot like, of weird have, things. Like, a brew and a crystal ball and, and stars. In a big cauldron. Mm-hmm. walk around with a cauldron just staring at it. Like, hey, y'all, what's up? Staring <laughs> it witch. with your beard. I'm a witch, y'all. I'm a witch. Satan, if you will. Actually, I'm a warlock. <laughs> I feel like I would have to be country-ish if I was, like, Absolutely. doing... I've thought about doing a character of magic as, like, one of my, like, kind of redneck relatives if they were to be a perform like a magician and just do it like all like straight up kind of because mm-hmm. you know we all break into that accent oh, we're, all, we're all trying to be proper now but get a few drinks in any of us oh, and around and like I our sound family like a completely like, different person. hey man what y'all doing in there like, well, did i just say that i feel like <laughs> if you if that was your character you just be like holy shit y'all y'all see that <laughs> like every time you do something holy shit y'all <laughs> Y'all believe that? Okay, so we've got Redneck Magic coming up, and Lydia <laughs> and, is recording a new album. And uh, remixes. And remixes. And remix. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, I would like to be a guest <laughs> DJ on your. Uh, I bought a, a record from Cracker Barrel, <laughs> a vinyl record from Cracker Barrel For called. What? This is 90s country. Ooh. It's fucking good. There's like 12 songs on there. It's got, um, what's dust the one on you the like? Bottle is it's on got there. dust on the bottle, but what's the one you like that they redid for Armageddon? Oh, oh, don't yeah. miss a thing. Mark Chestnut. Mark Chestnut. Yeah. Don't miss a thing. Mm. Dude, there's some, there's some tight ones on there. So if you get a chance, pick up, go to Cracker Barrel. Go to Cracker Barrel. I have Barrel. it on vinyl if you're a nerd like I am. And I was like, I'm wa- I walked out of there with Pretty. Conway Twitty and the This Is 90s Country. Or I'm sure you can wow. get it somewhere else. <laughs> no, I think it's a Cracker Barrel. Yeah, it's no, a Cracker Barrel. Oh, it's got the Cracker Barrel logo on the <laughs> yes. vinyl, which Dude, is very bro. Saved by the Bell influence. Bro. Yes. That looks yes. like our fucking logo. I know. Dude, Oops, do we... No, 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 no. I've never seen this before this moment. Oh, that's so funny. Go back yeah, to the Yeah, there's some really good... See? Yeah. See? Fancy strawberry wine. Yep. A little yeah. past Little Rock. Yeah, there's oh, some... That's, yeah, that's, one, oh, that's jam, the man. jam. The Keeper of the Stars. Obviously, it leads off with a he break your heart, but... Yeah, Obviously. Yeah. Let me see the cover again. That really does look like... <laughs> oh, my God. That's our logo. Cracker Barrel exclusive, man. So is the Conway Twitty double album. I mean, I got them both. I knew I could only get them at the Cracker Barrel. So uh, that's the only like, place you can get them. I love Cracker Barrel. I don't. Oh, I don't man. know how y'all feel about it, but maybe we could get a sponsorship from them. That's not a bad. I mean, idea. that wouldn't be a bad biscuit. We would have to stop cussing. You'd have to stop. Oh cussing. yeah, they're too wholesome for true, true. language. Yeah. All right. Well, stop. fuck you, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Sparkle, you. <laughs> mom, she didn't want to say mom, that. Yeah, that mom's going to call me. Sorry, Mom. Mm. Very good. Well, thanks so much for joining thanks us for today, guys. Us. This that has been nice. fun. Super fun. And I, who's... I don't, we don't know what we're doing next, so we'll see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs> we never know what we're we doing. We don't know what we're doing next. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye Mom. Well, I'm the Myrtle Beach Midnight Mayor. Gonna shag on the strand like a player We get hurricanes, fuck a tornado I'm gonna miss the pavilion when I get there I'm Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach Goddamn motherfucker Myrtle Beach I'm Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach 